0: Class Dismissed. Chapter 9. Kyle. I reach across the lunchroom table and think. Grab a cookie from Danny, a brownie from Trevor. With no teachers around, it's the best lunchtime ever. Maggie frowns at me. Stop being a bully. Stop being annoying, I say. But I give Trevor back his brownie. Just because I like dessert doesn't make me a bully, does it? She calls me a bully because I'm big but I can't help it that I'm bigger than just about everyone else. Small kids are never called bullies. After lunch, we all head out to the playground for recess. The kickball gang runs off to play kickball. The four-square group gathers around the four-square grids. Monkey bar hangers hurry to hang from their favorite perches. No teachers or supervisors seem to notice that Ms. Bryce isn't sitting on the bench, like usual, watching us. Most of the teachers stay indoors during recess, except Miss Bryce always said she liked to keep an eye on us, but not now. Now, this will be the best recess of all. Thunder rumbles overhead. It's a cloudy day, and it'll probably rain soon. For now, it's dry, and anything goes. I'm by the chain link fence at the far end of the playground between the swing set and a few trees. Brian hurls rocks and Rocks and nails a tree right in the center of the trunk. Seth does the same. I look down to find my own stone. When something shames, when something smashes into my shoulder, I feel a tinge of pain, although it quickly fades away. Brian laughs as the rock slaps on the ground next to my feet. Whoops! Says Brian with a snort. I bend down, scoop up a handful of small stones. Brian ducks behind the tree for shelter. I let a few of them fly, but they bounce off the bark. Get out from there, I yelled, flinging another stone at the tree. It misses completely and instead hits Seth's back. Watch it, he hollers. He throws a stone back at me, but it smacks into a bench. I look around. Normally, Miss Bryce would be running over to yell at us by now, She saw everything, no matter where you stood or what you did, but not today. There is no Bryce, Miss Bryce, anymore. No one tells us to stop what we're doing. No one has noticed us. Eli stands under one of the trees nearby. He huddles with Carl, a tall, lanky, skinny kid, in Mr. Foley's fifth grade class. The shadows from the leaves hide them. Their meeting reminds me of a scene from a spy movie. They're whispering. Eli probably thinks he's out of earshot, but he's a loud whisperer. You're not going to believe what happened in our class yesterday, says Eli. Miss Bryce was our teacher, but then she... That's as far as he gets before Brian pops up from the tree he's been hiding behind, grabs Eli's arm, and yanks him backwards. What about your promise? Do you hate socks? Do you do you like stinky socks? He hisses. I love socks, shrieks Eli. I mean, I love regular socks, not smelly socks. I'm not really sure if I understand the whole smelly sock thing, actually, but whatever it is, I don't like it. Oh, I think you hate socks, but you love smelly ones, says Brian, looking at Eli confused. Then he sniffs the air and says, "I think we'll call you smelly sock, Eli. Brian is about twice Eli's size and he keeps his head clenched, keeps his hand clenched on the smaller kid's arms, squeezing tightly. What about you? Brian snarls at Carl, towering over him. I don't smell like anything or think about socks or whatever, dude. He holds his hands up high and steps away. I laugh because the whole thing is pretty ridiculous to watch. But then I think of Maggie's words at lunch. She called me a bully. But I'm not. At least, I don't think I am. I stride over to Brian and clap my hand on his back. I know it's fun to pick on smaller kids, but I suppose they can't help being smaller. Leave him alone. He won't squeal, right? I said. Eli doesn't smell like a sock. Brian maintains his grip on Eli, sniffing the air. I smell something. That's just your own stinky breath, I say, giving Brian a friendly punch on the arm. Brian releases Eli's arm. What's wrong with my breath? I smile. I'm just kidding. I'm probably the only one who can tease Brian without fearing for his life. Come on, let's throw rocks at Seth. As Brian and I step away, Eli shakes his head, but his legs are shaking just as much. He looks as if he's escaped a car wreck, unharmed. I hear Carl ask him, What was that about, dude? Nothing, says Eli. It seems to me that when people say something is nothing, it usually is something pretty big. Brian and I bend over to collect stones. So does Seth. We all pick up, we all pick tree, tree trunks to duck behind. But I only have time to throw a couple rocks, missing badly each time when the school bell rings, announcing the end of recess. Teachers stand near the main door waiting for the students to gather. Kids run to get in line, single file, waiting to be escorted back to their rooms. The three of us drop our rocks, start heading toward the school to go inside and get in line too. Where are you going? I ask. We stop. There is no teacher to line us up. No one to tell us to go back into class. There are no recess rules for us. As the playground empties, we freeze by the four square grids. Most of our class gathers around us. What do we do now? Asked Danny. Shouldn't we go inside? Says Jasmine. Why? Asked Brian. He grabs a ball that's rolled away from the finished kickball game. He picks it up and dribbles it twice. Let's have a ball out here, he says, laughing and then bounces bounces the ball off Danny's head. He picks up the ball and gets ready to throw it again when Mrs. Crawford strolls up to our group, her lips pinched. Our group circle opens up to let her in. Why aren't you lining up, she demands. Her class waits by the school entrance in an orderly and noiseless row. Miss Crawford is one of the other fifth grade teachers. She's not as old as Miss Bryce, but she's not too far behind. I groan, but I don't think she hears me. I'm still holding a rock, so I drop it. No one says a word. Miss Crawford rests her hands on her hips, waiting for an answer. Her eyes twitch. Where is Miss Bryce? She asks, scanning the playground. She looks at me, and I meet her her gaze. I feel like a deer in headlights. I open my mouth, but no words come out. There's a long silence. I asked, where is Miss Bryce? She repeats. She's in the bathroom, says Eric, who I didn't notice standing next to me. It's easy to not notice, Eric. Well, you should be lining up, Miss Crawford says. Right, says Eric. Miss Bryce uh, uh, um, said she, she'd be back in a minute and told us to wait for her. Do, do you want us to uh, uh, line up anyway? Miss Crawford shakes her head. No, that's okay. Follow her instructions. Because um, we totally could, Eric suggests. No, no, you're fine, says Miss Crawford, heading back to her class. Soon, she is escorting them inside the school building. A crack of thunder rumbles from above. The clouds overhead are black. All of the classes are inside, except ours. We stand together, but then Brian throws a ball at Danny's head again. Hey, yelps Danny. I laugh. Recess might just last forever. Brian picks up the ball again and everyone runs away. A game of ball tag quickly erupts between the boys. I shove Gavin even though I don't have the ball and laugh laugh again. No one is outside telling me not to shove anyone. A squeak of laughter erupts from a group of girls near us and Jasmine appears to be close to tears. Are the other girls being mean to her? No one is outside telling us to act nice. But then more thunder grumbles in the sky. Another roar of thunder booms and a few drops of rain follow. The few drops quickly turn into many drops. Soon, we're all rushing inside the school as water soaks our clothes and hair. For much of the extended recess outside, I suppose we'll just need to continue our permanent indoor recess now. Chapter 10, Maggie Boofing off continues in class today. I hope that the lo- the longer pre rain recess time today would tire some of our rowdier classmates, but I think it's only made them rowdier. I once read that there are more than 100 million cells in a human brain. Most of my classmates are using about five. For most of the morning, I searched diligently through Mrs. Bryce's worksheets. Now, I pick up where I left off. My plan takes shape. As surely as two negatives form a positive when multiplied together, an easier an eraser collides against my arm. Sorry says Brian with a snicker. He's not sorry though not in not in the least. those nithan- those are never sorry. I'm sitting at the teacher's desk. Why not? If I am going to whip this class into learning shape, where else would I sit? So when the phone rings, I pick it up before the first ring ends. My desk, my phone, my class. May I help you? I ask. No more No more mousy voice for me. Is this Miss Bryce? Principal Klein asks. Uh, who else would it be? I say, duck, ducking the question. Is everything okay? I cough. I take a deep breath. I remind myself that I am Maggie Cranberry. And I have every right to answer this phone. We need to keep our secret. So I take charge. That single thought fires a million brain cells, a million of my brain cells. Of course. Why would you think everything wasn't perfectly satisfactory? I said. No one has been sent to detention all day, he says, or yesterday afternoon for that matter. And well, that's not like your class. So you can see why I'm concerned. Right. Our class gets in trouble a lot. I feel myself breaking out into a sweat. I bit my lip. Breathe. I can handle this. Go. My students have been behaving today, especially that Maggie Cranberry. Now that's a girl who is going places. Um, are you feeling well? You don't sound like yourself. I've never been better. Maybe I was lying. Maybe I was lying. Maybe I was laying it on too thick. After all, I'm supposed to be Ms. Bryce, and Ms. Bryce would never rave about her students. When criminals rob banks, they always get tipped up into small details. They leave a fingerprint. They brag to someone about what they had did, what they had done. They drop their wallets at the crime scene. Not that we're robbing a bank and not that we're criminals, but the analogy feels appropriate. Funny that you called. I was just sending someone to your office this very moment. Good. I mean, not good. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry your class is misbehaving, but I'm glad everything is normal now. Of course. Why wouldn't things be normal? Everything is exponential today. I say with maybe too much energy, my voice cracks. I hang up the phone, but my hands tremble. If I'm going to lead this class, I need to be more careful. I need to remember that I'm not taking charge of me, but for everyone in class 507. This is for their educations, for their futures, and for their millions of unused brain cells. And my getting into Harvard is just a little extra gravy on the mashed potatoes of excellence. But we need to send someone to detention now. I am Brian, Kyle, and Seth hurling erasers. I know any of those troublemakers would be the perfect candidate to march down the hall, but they wouldn't listen. If I ordered one of them to the principal's office, they would probably just throw an eraser at me. No, I need everyone in the class to agree with me. I need a consensus. I need a democracy voting majority true blue American election. I stand up and I pound the stapler on the desk like a judge slams a gavel. Everyone stops what they are doing and looks at me as I intended. We need to send someone to the principal's office, I announce, the class groans, ugh. To keep up appearances, Principal Klein is getting suspicious since no one has gotten into any trouble today. Who wants to go? No one raises a hand, but that's not surprising. Blockheads never like to face the consequences of their blockheadedness. Then, I'll just pick someone, I say. Trevor whispers to Gavin, there goes Ms. Bossy again. I glare at him, daring him to say something else about me, and he shrieks in his seat. I am not Bossy. I am a leader. There's a big difference. Why don't we draw straws, suggested Eric. Maybe, um, who pulls the shortest straw goes to detention? Drawing straws? That's actually a good idea. Maybe that small, quiet kid Eric is less of a blockhead than some of the others. Ryan looks through the filing cabinet of supplies against the far wall, where it stands under a picture of the most popular North American birds. I have them memorized. They include blue jays, robins, cardinals, geese, and goldfinches. There are pencils and markers and tape and tissue, and paper inside this cabinet, but apparently no straws. Shoot! Then she does a Then she does a ballet spin because, well, because why not? We can use pencils, Eric suggests. That's another good idea from him. Ryan spins up to the desk, bringing two boxes of pencils with her. I count out 20 pencils one for every student in the class except me as the self-appointed and decidedly non-bossy leader in this class I cannot be sent to detention I break one pencil in half and put it in along with the 19 unbroken pencils in my fist no one can see which is the shortened which is the shortened broken one the kids in the class walk up to grab a pencil one at a time Brian snags the very last one. I'm disappointed to see it isn't the short pencil. Who has it, I ask. Not me, says Brian. Not me, says Trevor. I've got it, says Adam, holding up his stub for all to see. He sinks in his shoulders. I better get going to the principal's office, I guess. That figures. Adam always gets detention.